Um, today is our volunteer kind of kick off our welcome, and also we're just going to explain some of the things that we do uh, here on Sundays and throughout the week, and just to give you an update on what is happening at Creekside. First off, thank you to all of our volunteers, all those who've signed up to help in any capacity, in any way. These last two Sundays, I really remembered how much effort it takes to make these Sundays happen as there's tech, as we have a worship team, and someone hauling the trailer and setting it up, and then uh, then Soup Sunday, having individuals come help in that space. And so there's a lot of things that we do to, you know, to serve our church. And so thank you to all of our volunteers. Thank you to everyone who has signed up and who's helped out in some capacity. It's much appreciated. We really can't do this without you. And I'm just going to talk about a couple of those areas uh, that you'll see outside in the foyer. There will also be somebody there who can ask, you can ask questions to, and they can give you some more insight on what it looks like. And so we have our tech team. You'll see back there, there's Morley. He's going to wave his hand, yeah. And there's Carl back there also, tech and sound. These guys come, and they, uh, Morley's running the computer, making sure we're singing the right words and things like that, to making sure, you know, that I am following along in my sermon, that I'm not jumping too far ahead with the PowerPoint. And so he does a lot of work there. And if you are computer savvy, if you like, I like technical things, then I encourage you to sign up with tech. Oh, we got a clicker. And look, he reminds me that we've got a clicker this Sunday. And so, um, and sound, if you are like sound, not just like sound, like you like hearing it, but like if you are, you are talented at, you know, at playing with the soundboard, making us sound good, making me sound good. Uh, and even if you want to learn more in this area, we encourage you to sign up for sound and tech. Trailer setup. This is where it's, the rubber meets the road, literally. And so, um, we have a trailer that is set up in one of our uh, congregants yards and every Sunday we pick up that trailer uh, and we haul it here and then there's somebody here also to help with setup and so they come and they bring out the bins. You might see a big black bin out in the foyer. There's four of those that are in there. And you'll, they'll go to the kids area. They'll set up the kids area. And so if you are handy, if you like working with your hands, if you got a truck and you're like, well, I don't have a hitch, well, we got a hitch for you. And so that we can have that attaches to your truck. We encourage you to sign up for this. This is early in the morning, but I mean, the early bird gets the worm. And so please sign up for trailer setup. Our Good Friends Fellowship is our plus 55 group. And so uh, we have had two of the people who looked after uh, kind of the organizing of this. Uh, and they have moved. We have Erin Erholtz who has moved to Kelowna now. And she is going to be living there, obviously, and attending church there. If you see Anne or you have her email, I would encourage you to say thank you to her for everything that she did uh, for our church and for this area. Then also, Eric and Hilda Penner, uh, they are going to be moving to Calgary come uh, winter time. So they're in the process of selling their home and moving out that way. And these three people were very involved in planning the monthly uh, together that happens for the Good Friends Fellowship. And so if you're administrative, if you like planning events, and if you want to, you know, to create an opportunity to reach people in your age demographic— plus 55, please go and sign up and talk with our people who will be looking after that. 
Worship, if you are musically skilled, musically talented, we encourage you to sign up for worship. And we have a new worship director uh, who will be helping us along this path too. Uh, And so uh, it's going to be exciting that he'll be out here some Sundays, leading us and guiding us and helping to build up teams in this space too. Kids team. Uh, News on the kids team. My wife, Kim, is now looking after the kids for the time being. Uh, She's just stepping in uh, as a stopgap, and uh, we're training up someone else to come and take over that ministry. Jeanette, Miss Jeanette, uh, she is still with us, Sean and Jeanette. They still call Creekside home, but she chose not to to continue in the leadership of this space. And we want to, if you see Jeanette, if you have Jeanette's email, I encourage you to thank her for all of the effort that she put in wrangling these kids each and every Sunday, creating spaces to help them learn more about Jesus. And so for our kids, we need teachers and helpers. And also we're running a kids club that happens on Thursdays. Here in Winfield, Winfield, here in Lay Country at the Winfield Community Hall, which is right across the street from us. And this is an opportunity for your kids to learn more about Christ and also to invite their friends to come learn more about Christ in a non-church type setting. And so we also are creating a grade 5, 6, and 7 class within the kids' area. And so right now it's the grade 5, but as we continue to get more volunteers, we are going to add this age demographic into our Sunday school lesson. And so now I'm going to actually ask Chris to come up, so I'm not the only one talking. And he's going to talk about our youth here. So a lot, of these, a lot of these ministries we just started up because it's been 18 months off, but uh, for youth, we have been going all the way through the pandemic. We wanted to make sure our youth stayed connected, and so really grateful for our awesome leader, Stephen Kelsey, who are not with us anymore. Normally, they're up here talking about youth, but they are uh, their first Sunday in Armstrong uh, this week, actually, so they're a huge loss for us, but a huge gain for the church in Armstrong. Um, Morley and Josh are still our youth leaders, and I'm going to be stepping in a little bit more, uh, but the youth met all through the pandemic. Even in lockdowns, we were meeting on Zoom and watching the Jesus film and uh, The Chosen, and uh, we're just going to keep go- keep going forward. So we're meeting every Tuesday, and we're still partnering with Young Life. Young Life uh, meets at the Alliance Church, and so we do that on alternating Tuesdays, and that's a way for us to get all of Lake Country youth together. So that happens every other Tuesday, and the other Tuesday we do Creekside-specific Bible studies. And so uh, we're going to kind of follow the same age group that we are doing in our Lake Country community here. So great eight plus the senior highs and then we're doing a grade six seven group and so uh, we do still need some leaders for some of those we need some Sunday morning people willing to do some Sunday school for them they're they're sitting in our service this morning but we're hoping to launch Sunday school for them in a couple weeks and then we're starting Tuesdays next Tuesday uh, we got some great guy leaders but we are really short females so we if you are passionate about you know raising up the next generation of faith please come and talk to us at our booth and we'd love to get you connected we got a great group of female senior high girls that would love to have an awesome leader willing to do some discipleship with them. So I'll be at the booth and so will Josh and Morley. So come and talk to us. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. So these are some of the areas that you can sign up to serve in. And the last one I want to mention, a new one, is uh, Kate Workington 
when we had soup Sundays, she would lug all the soup here, and she'd bring her workers, and then she would serve us soup. And so Sunday was like a work day to her. Over the pandemic, she has taken on a lot more work, and also she's had less employees, and so she's now working like six days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. And so Sunday, she wants it to be her Sabbath day, and we want to say, yes, you should take that Sabbath day. And so she has still made us the soup, though, She's just that awesome. And we picked it up this morning. Now we need people on our Sundays, when we have soup Sundays, to sign up just to help serve the soup. Or maybe pick up the soup. It'll just be ready. Bring it here. You warm it up. And there's two or three others that will help serve the soup and look after that space. And so if you love to serve uh, in that way, please sign up to help in that space. So there we go. This Sunday, we... uh, it's just crazy being back. I think this Sunday was more chaotic than last Sunday as we were just scrambling around. I was sweating more profusely than I have ever been. And so Sunday is like a workout. And this is like my only workout day is Sunday morning. And so Tim's not impressed, but uh, at least I'm getting one day in a week. And so anyways, today I want to talk about the journey of the Israelites and just talk about where we are as a community and reminding us of where we're going and what our plan and purpose here is as Creekside, as Lake Country. So one of my favorite stories is this story of the Israelites' journey throughout, uh, the, throughout the, the wilderness. And you know, it's a long story of Israel's journey uh, to the promised land, the ups and the downs of the journey. And along the journey, there's these moments where God, you know, she shows us them their faithfulness. His faithfulness. And he's always given them constant reminders to help push them forward, to help guide them through this the wilderness, through this time that they are making their way to the promised land. And so he helps his children remember his love and his past faithfulness. And he all commanded them to do this, to set up memorials, to set up reminders, to remind them of God, to remind Israel of God's faithfulness, and to remind the calling he had for them and the purpose he had for them. And so these memorials, they helped them move forward. The Israelites move forward. It, helped, it meant that it helped them to keep focus on their journey in front of them. It meant to help them when things were feeling a bit murky, when things were feeling a bit cloudy, when they couldn't see God or they felt like God had left them, these memorials would remind them of God's faithfulness and of his promise to them. And so we're going to look at a couple of these instances this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua chapter 3, verses 9 to 13. If you don't, it's going to pop up here on the screen. Oh, that's tiny, eh? Yeah, we got a laser pointer. Wow, where did that come from? Okay, Morley. It came from Morley. Here we go. Joshua uh, chapter 3, verses 9 to 13 says this. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gershonites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now the story continues in Joshua chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. 
and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be memorial to the people of Israel forever. And there's a picture uh, that is going to pop up here, and it's a beautifully drawn picture. Just to give you just an image of what is actually taking place. They've crossed through the Jordan. The Ark of the Covenant had gone before them, and they walked through on dry land. And as they walked through and made it through, they, he, Joshua said, go and grab a stone. Each tribe, go and grab a stone from the bed of the Jordan as a reminder. And so as I read this story again, I was caught by how big the stones were that they grabbed. You know, it wasn't that they picked up, you know, something small and put it in their pocket. Like Jude, he's constantly picking up stones and his pants look like they had these bulges in them. And then you know he's got stones because he's got plumber's crack on the other side because his pants keep coming down. And so, and it said, but it said this, they took a stone upon the shoulder. And so this was nothing small. This was nothing light. This was something that was quite large, quite big. And this stone is a reminder of what God did. And I have a stone here. And it may, I don't think it's as big as theirs, but this is, the, this is about how heavy I can lift. And so um, the Israelites were a lot stronger than me. But I'm assuming it was something bigger than this. And they put it up on their shoulders. And this was supposed to be their reminder of what God had done. This reminder of his goodness. Something that they could focus on when maybe they felt like a little bit discouraged where they're wondering, where are we going? What's going on? They could look at this stone and they can remember God's faithfulness. They can remember that he was with them and that he still has a plan and purpose for them. And so the journey God mentioned in Joshua took the Israelites from Shittim, I know it's, it's close, to Gilgal, across the Jordan into the promised land. But more than simply remembering this literal journey, God wanted his people to remember that what this journey symbolized. So Shittim means acacia, a thorny tree, a painful place. Gilgal means rolling. And so according to Zondervan's biblical atlas, the Jordan River is at its lowest depression on the earth. And so God took his people from a painful place through the lowest depression on earth and led them into the land rolling of milk and honey. So when they were in danger for getting his faithfulness, he would literally tell them, tenderly call them, my people, and exhort them to remember. Remember. And he did this all because he loved them, because he had a purpose, he had a plan for them. Now let's take a look at another instance of God reminding the Israelites. This one is found in Exodus chapter 14 and 16. So in a span of just a couple chapters in Exodus, we see the Israelites delivered from slavery and brought through the Red Sea. And then they are grumbling about not now having enough food to eat. It's like, we don't have enough food. And we want to say to them, like, oh, come on, Israel. Don't you remember what God just did for you? Don't you remember what he just delivered you from? Don't you remember walking through the Dead Sea or the Red Sea? Don't you remember this? The water stood up like two walls and you walked through on dry ground. So don't you think that the God who can do all this is also capable of giving you food to eat? Don't you think if he can do that, he will give you food to eat? Just, just trust in him. 
And this is how the story goes. Exodus 16, 4 to 5 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be as twice as much as they gather on the other days. So even when they get food, it isn't actually good enough for them. No, the food comes, it's raining down from heaven. I don't know, like this is an amazing story, food raining down from heaven. This is what my kids wish when I say you cannot have another snack. They're just like, look up to the sky and they're like, Lord, I'm traveling like your Israelites through this valley of our house and they're not giving me food. Please let it rain down from heaven. But they just go down and they find the food that they've hidden under their bed. And so, um, but they say, they start to grumble as, the, as they have food. They say, well, no water, Moses. Like, where's the beef, Moses? Like, where's the beef? I'm a meat eater. Moses, I have blisters on my feet. Like, who died and made you boss, Moses? This sounds like my kids. But we need to remember God's grace through the journey. We need to remember his grace through, that he pours upon us through this journey. It says, establish it in your memory. Mem- memorialize it. Paint it on the walls of your house. Journal it and reread it. And God, he gives us this pattern in the Exodus, a pattern of remembering his faithfulness. Israel, manna from heaven. That was their menu for the next 40 years. Gather six days, a double portion on the last, and, and then rest on the Sabbath. But then God commanded Moses to take an omer of manna, which is about two quarts, and keep it in a jar as a reminder of God's faithfulness. Exodus 16, 21 to 24, 32 to 33 says this. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be the day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Verse 32 now. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come, so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. There's going to be a picture here of manna coming down and picking up the manna and preparing it in baskets and taking it. There are actually two miracles that happen in this story. The obvious one is that God fed a couple million people with manna from heaven for 40 years. Pretty big miracle. No gluten allergies, no low-carb diet, and no lack of vital nutrients. They survived. God sustains his people miraculously to teach them that he can and will provide their daily bread. Everything they need. And the second miracle is that the manna in the jar did not spoil. And this is the actual manna from the jar. Um, Just kidding, it's not. And so the manna from the jar did not spoil as it normally would. See, God kept the manna from spoiling. To remind Israel that he not only keeps manna from spoiling, but he keeps his people alive, even as they're traveling through the wilderness, even when there's tough times. He keeps us alive. He keeps us going. 
The jar of white flakes was to be an enduring reminder that God provides. He provides in the exodus from Egypt, and he provides in the desert wasteland. He will provide. In the Bible, it shows many more accounts of memorials that we, are, that we set up, that we are to do. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24, right? The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. The Apostle Paul explained, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, remembering why he came, it's a symbolic thing that we do, and we reflect on his purpose and on his love for us. And so along with these memorials from God's word, we can bolster memories with materials that we have and that we may be cherished that helps us remind of God's faithfulness in our own lives. Some people, there's one family who remembers God's faithfulness to them by celebrating each year the day that their mom was healed by cancer. Some people commemorate the day they began their journey with Christ. They remember it. They write it down. It's in their Bibles, and they celebrate that day when it comes. I've heard of someone who spends time with God in the great outdoors, and she keeps a distinctive rock from each especially meaningful encounter that she's had with God, so she remembers God's faithfulness in those times. Maybe you have a page that you keep out that you remember, a note that you have by your bedside, or maybe something you write on your bathroom window. I don't know, or the mirror. But there's some things that we do that we maybe have that as keepsakes, as we like to say, that help us remember God's faithfulness in our lives. And the reason we have this, the reason he tells us to do these things is because God knows that we need memorials. Whatever the type, we need these to remind us of his love for us because sometimes we do have memory loss. I'm not sure about you, but as I have my kids get older and as I get a little bit older, I'm remembering less and less. And so I actually had to write last week things on my hand to announce uh, on Sunday. That seems very fourth grade-ish, but I did it and I'm ashamed of it. And so... (laughs) But a few hundred years after the Israelites encountered the promised land, they began to forget God. But through a prophet named Micah, God sent them a message that could be summed up in one phrase. He said, my people, remember your journey. Remember. So what does this mean for you personally? Then what does this now mean for our church? For personally, God hasn't changed, and neither has his message to his people. Remember your journey. Remember the times that God has worked in your life. Remember where he intervened on your behalf. Remember where he met you in such a special way. Take a fresh look at those monuments maybe that you have at home today to remember his faithfulness in your life. Remember his love that he has for you personally. Whether maybe you're in a painful place, maybe you need to see that today to remember. Remember that he's still working on you, that we're still journeying, that we will be with him once more that he's still with us right now. Remember how he's got you this, this part already, that he's with you now. And may your memories point you to his love, strengthen you to take the next step on your journey. And so as you're journeying right now, wonder where God is, or maybe just you want to refresh, you know what, those memorials in your life. Remember these three, remember these three things. Remember your monuments. Remember Christ is with you. Remember that Christ sustains you. This is what you can take personally home. Look at those things in your life that help you remember his faithfulness. That maybe as you're going through a tough time, even right now, that you can look back and you can be like, God, you showed up in that way. I know you're going to show up again.
Now, what does this mean for our church? Maybe the last 18 months, we felt a little bit like the Israelites. And this is not just our church, but this is a lot of churches. We've had the journey. We've had the travel. Maybe we were going through the Jordan River, and it felt like the lowest depression on earth. That could have been January, February. Who knows? We just need to remember what God has called us to do as a campus. Remembering God's call for us as a church. See, the vision will sustain us like manna. The vision that I'm going to talk about here will sustain us like manna. It will help us remember our purpose as a church. Remember why we come here on Sundays. Remember why we do things throughout midweek. It will be our manna. The weight of the stone... There was 12 tribes who took a stone. And it showed that everyone was going to need to participate in this journey. We need your help picking up some stones. It doesn't have to be this heavy. This is pretty heavy. Actually, it's not. I'm just trying to, but I'm pretty strong. And so, um, <laughs> but as one tribe to go, they grabbed the stone. We need stones to be grabbed in order to remember our vision when we pick something up and they actually partake in it, we're remembering what we're doing. And so this is what I want to share with you this Sunday. Reminding you of why our campus is here. Reminding you what we are called to do. Throughout COVID, there are some things that we added. We added Kids Club throughout COVID. And this is something I've mentioned already, something we're going to continue on as a campus to provide this space for our church kids and for them to invite other kids in their, in their schools to come and to learn more about Jesus, to have fun, but also to maybe be that first step for them to come to church. We also added Alpha Marriage. This is something we added throughout that we want to continue to do as we move forward. Alpha Marriage. And it's not just for those marriages that are in trouble, but it's for any marriage at any space of life. Because you recognize that we need people who have been married for 40 years to help out those who have been married for three years. But this is also a space to strengthen your own marriage and to invite people in from your work to come to join this. We did the Reframe course. Chris did this in January and February. And this is a course that we want to continue now to add throughout what we do at Willow Park Church Creekside. And I'll explain what that is. And so let's remind ourselves, our vision, Willow Park's vision is this, to see lives transformed by Jesus in the Okanagan Valley, it's all about real life as God intended. Each letter represents an aspect of life we continually work and pray towards as a church. Redeemed, empowered, active, and listening life. And so we are looking to grow our own lives, our redeemed lives. We're looking to empower those in, uh, to, for discipleship and to go out and to be active in our faith. And also, listening life, we have a high prayer calling in our church that we want to continue to nurture and to grow. What's our mission, our campus's mission for this vision? It's to extend Christ through our church to the community of Lake Country and to grow a mature group of Christian disciples who are then growing new disciples. This is what we want to do. We want to extend out into the community, our campus, and we want to mature ourselves also by creating spaces where we can meet in small groups, creating spaces where we can meet in fellowship together, and then we want to bring people into those spaces to help them grow in faith and to bring new believers in also. So how do we accomplish these things? How does this look for our campus? First thing is, is prayer. 
This is a bit of an update, though. Willow One Prayer will begin on Monday, September 27th in my yard at 6.30 p.m. Just before I had given this PowerPoint, they had changed it to Sunday. Willow One Prayer is going to be Sunday at the main campus. And I encourage you to go Sunday for Willow One Prayer uh, on the 26th of September at 6.30 at uh, the main campus in Rutland. But still on Monday at 6.30 p.m. in my yard, I want to have a time of prayer for our campus. This is something we're going to continue to do. This is something we're going to pick back up. I'm not sure how it's going to look as we continue through COVID. We, right now, we can meet in my yard. Maybe come October, we can be in our house. Who knows what the number will be. But we are going to continue to nurture this. We don't want to drop this. We recognize this is where things are going to change as we come together and pray as a community. And so I encourage you on September 26th, if you want to go to the main campus at 6.30, please do. I will be there but also on September 27th at my house, 10951 Darlene Road. You can come at 6.30 p.m., and we will pray together. The second thing to see this mission and our vision accomplish is, I don't want to take tons of time here, is that we need to remember who we are, remembering what we do. We are a multi-generational and intergenerational church. And this, you'll hear Chris talk about this all the time, is this is who we want to be. We, want to, we value having influence from all of our age demographics, having a church that has everyone, every age group present and active in the church, and where our next generation can learn and rub shoulders with our older generation. I find value with this because I have young kids and I know Chris does, and I know others do, that we want our kids to learn from everybody of any age demographic in this church. We want our young generation to learn, to lead, and participate on Sundays. And so this means that we will continue to provide our youth service Sundays and our family Sundays, where the services and participation are heavily led and focused on or by our next generation. We find this valuable for our church. We want to see our next generation start to take the reins and start to grow comfortable of being active members in the body of Christ. Way that we can disciple is youth group. Chris has mentioned this. Our youth group has begun, and we need help in this space. We have kids ministry that is taking place today, and that's going to happen with our kids club. Our reframe courses, I mentioned, this is something we want to start in January, and what this is is learning to take faith and incorporate into every aspect of life. And so this is something we're going to start in January again, where we want to help grow leaders and grow, you know, disciples who can then, you know, even lead small groups, take on bigger ministry roles within our church. And so this is a great way to learn and to grow and to draw closer to Christ. Alpha marriage, we're going to start this again as we continue. Alpha, this is huge. And this is a big thing that I want our church to become, is a church that sees people come to know Jesus. We started at Alpha last year for Lake Country, and we're going to do it again this year. Last, there was how many people that came, Chris? 12, 13? Yeah, that came to Alpha. This is something we're going to incorporate again, because we want to see people come to know Jesus. That is why we do this. That is why we come together, to learn, to grow, but to also draw people to Jesus. Our Good Friends Fellowship, our Plus 55 group, this is another way where we can grow disciples and bring new disciples. Ref oh, Reframe course. Got it there twice. It's so good we had to put it twice. And so, um, uh, yeah, small groups. When we sent out the survey, this is something that was really, uh, we wanted to see take 
place again. Obviously, because 18 months, we haven't really had that space to do that. And I know right now there's restrictions, and we're not sure that we, we can't really meet in homes in larger groups of five or one single family until maybe October, maybe. But we want to creatively start a way that we can meet together, and we can form small groups, and we can even, uh, you know what, maybe build up leaders in this, and build, bring people into maybe a safer space instead of somebody's home maybe to start with. And so there's going to be a sign-up sheet out in the connections desk, And what we want to do is, this is the idea that on a Wednesday starting in October, the Blue Church, we are going to rent the Blue Church. And at the Blue Church, we are going to start this series called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so what this means is that, you know, as we grow emotionally healthy, then our spiritual growth comes there too. As we mature emotionally, then spiritually spiritually we grow too. And so we want to create a space where we can come together, where we can work through this, and we'll have, all watch it together. Then we're going to break off into smaller groups, have a smaller group session. So it's like a church service in small groups. And so if you are interested in this, this is something we're trying to create so we can start that happening again, small groups. And if you have more questions, please come and ask me. The third thing is that we want to do is community. We are about our community. That was another huge thing in the survey back-to-school giveaway, a huge hit. And there's a video coming to show how big of a hit it was and to hear all the wonderful news that took place on the back-to-school giveaway. But we want to do something else. And this is where your input we would love. We know that there's creativity. We know there's passions that you have. We know that there's things that you want to see happen, ways you want to reach the community. I want to hear of those things. What else can we do to reach our community Besides the back-to-school giveaway. And we also have kids clubs, which will be a community event that we reach out to. And so this is what we are. This is what we want to do. This is our heart and our vision for our campus. These are the things that are coming, and these are the things that we can get excited about to, to extend out to people. We need to see tangible things, and we need to put numbers to these things. And I know sometimes we don't like to, but you know what? It helps us recognize that we are moving towards something. And so from this time, as we go into next year, as we head into next August, we would love to see one community event added, four small groups started, and 10 people come to know Jesus. And you might be like, wow, 10 people come to know Jesus? Listen, if we get three people that come to know Jesus, that's great. That's something to celebrate. Three people have accepted Christ. We maybe say 10, and that's our our heart, our tangible, ask, our tangible number to reach. But the reality is we need to have something tangible so we know that we're working towards something. We need to see people come to know Jesus. We need to have this baptismal tank up here on Sundays and baptisms be a regular thing that we do. So as a church, we're going to pray, we're going to disciple, and we're going to reach out into our communities. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. And uh, they're going to lead us uh, in a closing song here. And I'm going to pray as they begin to journey up this way. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can come together. Lord, that we can journey together with each other. Lord, that we can be there to lift each other up. Lord, that we can be there to worship together. Lord, along this journey, Lord, we need to remember who we are as a church. Lord, we're a church of prayer. We're a church of discipleship. 
We're a church that wants to reach out into our community. Lord, our vision helps us remind us of our journey, helps us remind us of our purpose. Something that we can look back to, that we can remember, that will help us to continue to move forward as a church, that will excite us to move forward as a church. And so Jesus, Lord, we want to see more of you in our community. We want to see disciples continue to grow. Help us remember, Lord, the manna from heaven. Help us to remember those stones. Help us to remember our vision as we continue to move forward. In your name we pray. Amen.